welcome to the Athlon Sports Cover 2 Podcast here on AthlonSports.com, the National Championship Edition Podcast. We will break down all the ins and outs and what have yous for Clemson, Alabama, Part 4. Mitch Light, I feel like Brady every Gall. edition is a National Championship Edition for us. The quality that we put forth. Yes, every team. There's only one National Championship game in college football. Every day is the National Championship for us. There you said it. So That's our approach. At Athlon Mitch. At Braden Gall. Maybe like Twitters. mid-June, we don't, we have like a Texas Bowl approach. It's spring, not, spring game? Yeah, it's spring game. Don't want to get hurt. You fair, know, no tackling. Fair fair, fair enough. Uh, yeah, just just thud. Yeah. Just thud <laughs> podcasting. That's all it is. Um, all right, so we're going to – we got all the different possible angles for the national championship game. We do have a couple of coaching notes, news and notes. And could be some more. One thing we didn't touch on in our, in our extensive – pre-pod meeting there's another very prominent coach who supposedly is uh not i don't know if he's flirting teams are flirting with him from Ooh. the nfl yes an offensive coordinator for no a pac-12 team no oh okay a lot of people flirt with that guy oh you're talking about a guy who just lost a playoff game yes ah interesting yes we'll get to that so we we do have while this will focus a, i don't know 80 percent we'll focus on the national championship game um all the different things around it the games the matchups itself what does it all mean all that stuff uh we will do we will get to some coaching stuff because i do find the dana holgerson move to houston to be a fascinating one for a lot of different reasons uh temple now getting like seven million dollars to not have a football coach which is hilarious i think it's a good deal uh, no, they basically I, pay the new staff <laughs> with, i know, you know they're, they're they're raking in the dough and and it'll be fine and, and many days was a good hire but it wasn't like we'll get to that once in a generation like oh my oh yeah. for temple yeah for temple like yes. it's not not having many ideas no, save it save it for the end save it all for the end i have so many good thoughts i know you do i will save it for the end because this is about clemson and alabama part four nobody cares this is brady manning this is ollie frazier <laughs> this is gall light <laughs> like i said fun <laughs> practice in the spring game um I'm ch- i just checked the odds we are recording this on thursday morning and i just checked the odds alabama minus five and a half over under 59 and a half is are the current numbers, so we will be operating under those assumptions for the rest of the pod. I, I wanted to start the podcast. What with was the, the number? I was I heard the 59 and a half. What's this actual spread? Five, five and a half. Okay. Alabama minus five and a half. I was half. looking at something. I will take the tide. Lay, lay the five and a half. Uh, I believe I believe Alabama has been favored. I was two and oh in my uh against the spread in my playoff. Nice. I, I heard the I heard this stat and I cannot remember where, otherwise I would credit it. That would be responsible, uh lowercase journalism of me. Um but I I believe Alabama has been favored in 126 of its last 127 games, something like that. And I couldn't figure out at I, at Auburn one one year. Maybe the LSU championship game. I don't know. Um, in How about Auburn last year? Maybe. I I doubt it. Um, but Auburn won, and Auburn it, was having a good season. It, it, it's it's I, I doubt they were favored though. But but you can certainly check. Uh, I wanted to give a little brief history lesson though on Clemson and Alabama, just so that people remember, so we have some frame of reference. Uh, part one. Of course, the national championship game in 2015, 45-40 win by Alabama. Um, that, of course, the Jake Coker national championship uh, where Alabama ran 71 plays for 473 yards. They threw the ball for 335 yards in that game. Clemson, 85 plays, 6.5 yards a play, just 405 yards passing, 145 yards rushing. Awesome. In front of, by the way, 75,000 people. In part one. So, here you go. Part two, Clemson W, 35-31, in front of 74,000 people. 
This is the game, of course, we're going to Hunter Renfro game. This is yeah, where the tackle on Jonathan Allen and the Hunter Renfro catch. Um, probably the two biggest plays of the game. Uh, also, Jordan Leggett with the with the catch on the final drive. Mike Williams was huge. Uh, Clemson, this is the game where they ran 99 plays, um, 5.1 yards per play. They only rushed the ball nine, for 91 yards in that game. I thought that was interesting. In a winning effort. In a winning effort. Alabama only had 376 yards of offense in that game, which I thought was really alarming, uh, although they scored 31 points and, and had the lead. Um, 74 in front of 74,000 people. Uh, and uh, that, of course, the game where Jalen Hurts runs the ball into the end zone to give them the W. And then, of course, the defense gives up the yards to Deshaun Watson. Uh, Alabama, 221 yards rushing in that game. Part three, of course, the national semifinal, 24-6. to six, Alabama wins. Alabama only had 261 yards of offense in that game. They just got an early lead and sat on 3.9 yards per carry in front of 72,000 people. You'll, you'll, you can see where I'm going with that one. Alabama um, was a six-point favorite at Auburn last year. That's what I, I would assume. I, I, I'm, if, I, if I had to guess off the top of my head, I would say LSU National Championship game because LSU beat them previously in Alabama. But that's just a guess. Clemson, listen to these numbers. 70 plays, 188 yards for 2.7 yards per play on offense last year. 64 yards rushing, 124 yards passing. So that, uh, just a quick history lesson there. 75,000 people, 74,000 people, 72,000 people and a low-scoring game last year. I think we're in store for back to the original style where the quarterbacks are slinging it, and I'm not sure how many people are there. So let's start with the crowd. Tickets are vastly under face value right now. By the way, face value is pretty darn expensive too. Yes. When, I, when I hear it's that, like, I'm thinking... like 250 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, or like... That's a lot of money. Well, it's a national championship game. It's still a lot of money. So, but face value underpriced now... I am in favor of the national championship truly being national and being played all over the country, not just in the South or in Texas. But Santa Clara is a weird spot. I don't, I don't mind it. I, I don't. Like I want to see Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. I, I don't have a problem with with New York. Even Vegas, though Vegas, when the new stadium, Vegas opens. will one hundred percent host one. I think Nashville should I mean, they renovate we, their I've, stadium. Could get it. But again, those are all Southern. Glendale things. is fine. Those I are just, all Southern I, things. I think Santa Clara is a weird spot. It's not a college. It's. You're not going to get a lot of locals, I don't think. And it's difficult Agreed. to get to. People who live in the area say it's, it's expensive to fly in and out of. You're asking fan bases who have been repeatedly going to these games every year. And probably think they're going to be back next year yeah, with Lawrence to, to, and Tua to make, coming back. To make this decision to go. I know they have a lot of people that like those teams, but it's a tall ask for these people to spend all this money. So I just think it was – we, we had a long discussion about this before the Pac-12 championship game. If the Pac-12, if it can't drum up a lot of interest in in the league championship game where you have all of your, you have a tons of ton of alumni in the Bay Area of all Pac-12 schools, how are you going to get local interest I, in Alabama Clemson? I think if Michigan Texas are playing in the national championship game, it would be it would be packed. I think it's because I don't. I I, I see what you're saying. You think I it's think a it's, little these fans, I think the these fatigue fans, getting there. It's three games a year you've asked these cha- these teams I, to I travel. Just, I don't. I think it's an expensive area to get to. I agree with all of that. And now I will admit that I, while I want the championship to be national and played all over the place, I will admit that this does feel a little weird if they are in fact in front of a three-quarter full stadium that is fifty-two thousand people. That will feel weird to me. So I'm holding out hope that the walk-up tickets are good and that the crowd. Gets I think they good. will figure out a way to get people in the stands. I think so too, but I just I, I'm I'm interested to see what it looks and feels like. So I think that's one of the first things I wanted to mention as I was sort of looking through the history lesson. They 
three packed houses that Clemson and Alabama have played in front of, largely in front of their own fans. Um, I'm drawing a blank. I want to say the Clemson championship game was in Tampa. Uh, the the game last year was in New Orleans, correct? I think you know. I just and I don't cannot remember where. And I can't I remember, remember where the first good one was. memory and stuff like that. Um, but I, I don't think we'll notice houses. much of a difference because when you're watching a game. Basically, all you see is the lower bowl. If the fans are into it and there's the, it's got that buzz on the field. That's all you really notice. Like, okay, you don't notice the empty seats in the upper deck. And that, that if there are, they will do their best not to show them. So zero impact on the game itself. I think zero impact on the game itself. Okay, uh, I hope. Other question I wanted to ask, and, and we get, to, we don't have. I didn't, I didn't ask you to do research on this. I did not do the research on this. I just sort of wanted this to be a generic conversation. Uh, I did a little bit of of looking this up. The latest draft rankings have. Um, seven first-round draft picks projected off both of these two teams. That includes Dexter Lawrence, seven of each. course. No, seven total in the total. first round. That includes Dexter, Dexter Lawrence, who will not play, of course. Uh, but that is seven first-round draft picks in just this class in this game. That does not include what could be the first overall pick of each of the next two drafts in 20 and 21, which could be Tua and then, of course, Trevor Lawrence. Is this going to be talked about as one of the most talented national title games in the same vein as Miami-Ohio State, 0-2, and then Texas, Texas USC, USC in 05. Those are the two that come to mind. And I think we are talking about upwards of 40 or 50 draft picks. Yeah, I think so. The way, you know, when you look at the entire roster, because both of these teams are just stacked with their, I mean, their sophomore classes two, and their freshman classes are just yeah, as good as their, their, their junior class or, or senior class. So There's seven starters on offense for Alabama that are sophomores. Yeah. so One of them won the Bolitnikoff. The other one finished second in the Heisman. I, I, I <laughs> it's think, ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think... As long as we see some sort of combination of Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia over the next, we're, we're, they're all going to be like that. Yes, there's, there's just the, they've dominated recruiting. They're dominating the draft. But I think this one's different. Yeah, I, I think there's an extra, an added something to. I think this when you matchup. got the quarterbacks too, exactly. Because I mean, even the previous Clemson battles, it was Jalen Hurts and Kelly Bryant, who are not going to be NFL quarterbacks. Well, and then in the year before that, it was you know Jake Jalen Coker. Hurts, and then the year before that, Jake Coker. So. You don't really have... But looking back to the Texas uh, um, USC game, obviously both those guys played in the NFL, but neither had good NFL No, players. no, no, that's true. That's true. And, you know... I, I think these two... I, a lot of the Texas players, the Michael Griffins and the Justin Blaylocks and the, you know, a lot of those names didn't pan out. Now, Derek Johnson, I think, was on that team. Michael he, Gr he Griffin pretty, had a good career. Griffin was not a good NFL player. He I'm played sure. for a long time for not being good. He, he, I think there's a little local bias here because he's I do not, not liked about... He's a, very, he's a great guy. He's just not a good football player. Um, the, the defense, the offensive and defensive lines for USC... In the relative whole world, he's a pretty good football player. He's right. one of the top... Right, but that's not what we <laughs> focus on. <laughs> he would dominate peewee football right now. You're right. Um, the Miami, I think Miami Ohio State probably in 02 is probably the yeah. most talented, but just because the Miami team alone in 02 had just ridiculous amounts of players. I think we're in that same territory, and it's just another, which is, fun. Which is another reason to look at this and sort of get excited about it. Here's the other thing: Are you more excited about, and and this this will lead us into how we see the game playing out? Are you more excited about the quarterbacks and the receivers? going up against secondaries that may be the areas of weakness for both Alabama and Clemson, two great sets of receivers, two great quarterbacks, maybe the secondaries are the concerns. Are you more excited about that? Or the, is there an old-school part of you that just simply cannot wait for what will be probably the most physical trench warfare offensive and defensive line battles we have seen all season long or maybe – in a national championship game ever. I mean, the, the, the Clemson offensive line has all upperclassmen. The Alabama front seven has two underclassmen, 
who are named Dylan Moses and Quinnen Williams. Now he's actually a redshirt sophomore. Of the 24 players along the trenches, there are five underclassmen. They're all upperclassmen. They've all been in this game at least twice. Big old dudes. I am more. I am almost more excited I, about I'm, the trench warfare. I, I'm excited about the quarterback and, and the the talent at wide receiver in the skill position. And that's kind of. I've got to be consistent with my what I've been saying all year. Like when You're people so cliche, Mitch. when people ask me about. Um, you know, fatigue for Alabama. I said the the reason that this Alabama team is different and I enjoy watching them more is because of how good they are at the wide receiver position and the quarterback position. Past just, just Alabama the pa- teams the passing game. Past Alabama teams won the Clemson game last year. Like the, sure their right, offense right, wasn't right. that bad. Right. This Alabama team is up by thirty points in the third quarter. Alabama had two hundred sixty one yards of offense last year in the Th- win over this Clemson. This team makes this makes them different and more fun to watch. And I Clemson, I love watching a freshman quarterback in a big spot. So to me, the biggest storyline is the quarterback play. You've got a true sophomore against a true freshman. And for all his experience, you pointed this out last time, this is to his first start in a national championship game. You know, he didn't start last year. I think he's year. thrown like 30 or 40 more passes in his career Yeah, so than, than Trevor Lawrence. I, I think it's a I, – I, I enjoy defensive battles for the most part, but I would rather watch the – 42-35, 35-31 national championship game. Well, I'm not saying it's going to be low scoring. I'm, I'm just more excited about the trench warfare because I believe that without the two offensive lines or pressure, because Alabama might actually, without we don't know what Christian Miller's status is, if they don't get pressure on Trevor Lawrence or if they don't get pressure on Tua Tungavailoa or if one of them can, that stuff's all that stuff back into the box. It it, it changes the dynamic of of those, because I, I I think that um, the Amari Rogers, you know, two hundred fifteen pounds, six four Justin Ross, six four T Higgins, Hunter Renfro knows this stage better than anybody. I think they can exploit Alabama's secondary. We saw C D Lamb go after Patrick Sertan over and over again. I don't think Clemson's secondary will be able to cover. You know, wa- keep in mind one of Oklahoma's of best wide receiver was hurt in that game. He was on the field. Well, he dropped a, dropped a couple passes. Yeah, but the, I, I think Clemson. Might have this Clemson team healthier might have more weapons than Oklahoma at the passing. At I, I, the no, I totally position. agree. Totally agree. Uh, I, I also think though when you look at um, the Alabama offense and like all those receivers, you know, we know Jerry Judy, but it's not just that. Devonta Smith's had some big plays. Obviously, we've it's seen biggest him play in one of the biggest plays in school. Henry history. Ruggs is really good. Jalen Waddle is an explosive freshman. I think Irv Tight, Smith tight ends. Can I catch think Irv Smith is going to be like an MVP candidate because he can. We've seen OJ Howard in yeah. these situations. Um, I, I just think there's a chance that w- which one of these two pass rushes has a chance to stop that because that is where we've seen in Super Bowls and in national championship games. But see, both teams can counter with rushing with really you know solid rushing attacks too. Like they're not one dimensional. Alabama might have more depth in the backfield, but but Clemson r- can run the ball well. They're just they're, both these offenses are f- very balanced. So I, w- which team is better equipped to prepare for? The other team getting pressure. I know that wasn't the best way to say it. I don't know if one team's better equipped than the other. I, I think they're I think both she, equipped. I think, and both quarterbacks are solid athletes. I think Trevor Lawrence is the better athlete. I think he's his first like for being six. Why do you hate Tua so much? I don't. I just think he's got Tua. Okay, t- tell me if you think I'm wrong on this. I don't. I don't think flail is the right word, but but the but the way Tua scrambles is a little. It, it it's not f- as fluid as I would expect from a true dual threat quarterback. Whereas Trevor Lawrence is very smooth. He just, when he rolls and spins out in the air. Yeah. When he rolls and spins out, it's like in slow motion in my living room. And it's like, there he goes. Two is pretty graceful in the pocket. 
I, I think he's got great footwork yeah. in the pocket, but he does. He like he'll spin left and then kind of flail and then spin right and then he'll get tackled and he he'll, he takes bigger shots than than Trevor does. Although Trevor has has taken his fair share. Uh, I think both. I think the pressure game is what matters here. I, I think if both quarterbacks have time to throw, we're looking at forty two, forty one. You know, forty-one, thirty-eight. I, I, I don't think either team is going to be able to run the football much because this is where Clemson's defensive line steps in. Um, the question but, I have about this is about the strategy, though. Well, one team will, prediction: one team will score on a screen pass of at least fifty yards. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, it could be a bubble screen. Yeah. could be a throwback to the quarterback, yeah. um, or just something to counter the right, aggressive to the speed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and what's funny is Alabama's strategy. And tell me what you think about this: Alabama's strategy against Oklahoma. Sort of like like the throwing, the passing lanes were so open the entire game that it's almost like they forced themselves to run the ball and it slowed the game down and gave Oklahoma a chance to come back. Do do you see like don't you aren't you going to have to do that though this time to run the football? Because I don't think you're just going to have wide open receivers on slant routes on every play like they did against Oklahoma. Does that does that question make sense? I mean, I agree. To a little bit about Oklahoma that in the Oklahoma game forcing the issue, not not just continually taking with 4. the defense. 8. Sorry, to interrupt. Four point eight yeah. yards per carry is not what we expected out of a defense that was one hundred and third in the nation. From Alabama, only averaged four point eight yards a carry. They were not particularly efficient running the football against Oklahoma. They just didn't have a ton of big. I'd have to go back and look. To me, they were they were getting yardage. They just weren't getting the big chunk plays that help your average. You know, I, I thought once they went to the ground game that you know, especially um, you know, they, they were they were able to get. You know, right? Move the so, Sony Michelle seventeen yards a carry. Yeah, Nick Chubb eleven yards a carry. As a team. Georgia ran the ball over 30 times, sure. over 10 yards a carry against that Oklahoma defense. And Oklahoma's defense was worse this year, and they did a very – I thought they did an admirable job of holding up against Alabama's rushing attack. Clemson is far better, far better at every position in the front seven. Uh, even without – I think this is where the Dexter Lawrence in, you know, PED thing really comes in. Um, so I, I don't I – don't, I don't know what the strategy is. Like, So I remember the 2011 championship game, Alabama-LSU. We all sat around, and I said – you know, our our, uh, our 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 nerdy leader Stephen Lassen said, "All right, who give us picks? Give us your MVP." I said, "Alabama's going to win. AJ McCarron's going to be the MVP." He was a sophomore. I thought the only way they could stop the LSU defense was the a, a quick passing game. Right? They, they had to do something, and it turned out all they did was throw at Tyron Matthew. They ran bootlegs. They ran play action, and it, it's this one time that I was right. <laughs> I I don't know what the strategy play is here for either team against either defense, other than I think they can find success well, throwing the football. I think you said it, test, test the secondary. Can they get enough time, though, to test? That, yeah. Right. What happens if you don't? We're not looking at 35-30. We're looking at, you know, What are the chances 14. this is a low-scoring game? I don't see it. I, I think either. both offenses are too good. Even though both defenses are really good, I think there's just there's too many snaps of the ball to hold this – the, the abundance of skill players down for that long. And the quality of arm talent. Yes. As I like to say. As you do like to say, then I don't say. So, I, I that you know, as Does we Does it come down to which quarterback through, is better? Yeah, it's which quarterback. It? How many times do you miss a throw? How many times do you mm. miss, like, like, Jake, I, I like thought, Jake Fromm the other night, missed some throws that would have changed that game. I, I didn't watch every snap, but there were at least two one touchdown, another play probably would have been a touchdown that he just missed. You cannot, when you get those opportunities, 
on this stage against Alabama or Clemson defense, you can't miss those. Have you already jerked the Texas the Texas leak on 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 the rest the re, the leash on the rest of the uh, office here? That's going to be yeah. It's just it's Texas just number two in the preseason. It's just third or fourth. The overhype on Texas is going to be astronomical. Maybe maybe they'll it's be, be insane. maybe they'll be reversed. It'll be under. They're so overrated. Be, they're underrated. It, I don't know. Maybe who knows. Um, I, I was inspired by a thought, and then oh oh Ian, Ian Book Ian Book missed throws. Notre Dame guys were there, yeah, and he missed throws. Third and seven missed the throw. Third and twelve missed throws. He he was throwing the ball into the dirt. I felt like for a lot of that game, and it's not like Clemson had guys blanketed in the secondary. So uh, I, I I agree that it's about which quarterback makes the fewer misses. Um, and, who, and who some gets, luck who involved, the, who batted balls. I, you know, ha, ha, do you remember a more evenly matched? X's and O's game. I mean, I mean, Clemson was good when they played Bama before, but not. I don't think we looked at it as like, all right, all, these I, players I think, on, a, on an individual basis, these players are as good as Alabama's. I think we're to the point now, while we all agree that Alabama is the best roster and the best program, the gap is there's there's the gap is so small. We we we're putting Clemson and Alabama in its own group. It's not Alabama then Clemson then everyone else. At least in my opinion, when I look at this game, I know the spread's five, but like they don't have any misses. And wouldn't the attrition be surprised is, at all. Like in years past, you'd be surprised when Alabama loses. Not surprised at all if Clemson wins this game. Like I think Alabama's the better team, a little bit, but I I do as well. What what does fifteen and zero mean to you? As a historian of the sport and a lover of the sport, does it mean anything to you? Well, not a ton because not many teams have had the opportunity to go 15-0. It's not like the NFL where every year you play 16 games, so you go 16 games. That's my only – I mention this all the time. haven't mentioned it lately here. One thing I don't like about college football is over the past 20 years how we've changed the moving – there's been a moving target to win a national championship. Even in the BCS era, whether or not you like the BCS or not, they tweaked the formula, usually for the better, but I don't like it how if you would have taken the, the, the 2003 season – these two teams would have played. If you would have taken the criteria used in the 2007 season, you would have had different teams play in 2003. Just every year it's different where every other sport, in college basketball, 64 or 68 teams. NFL, playoff have 12 teams. I don't like how it's tweaked every year. I, I understand what you're saying. Um, isn't better good, though? Yes. Yeah. So I'm, like I'm, being, no other, I'm contradicting. There's no other solution, like, right? Yeah, like it, – when they would improve the BCS formula, I applauded them for improving the formula, but I just did, part of me did not like the fact that we changed the way we determined who played for the national championship almost every year. I don't know. Okay. Or I, frequent, I don't remember it being every year. Frequently. I, I, like some year, like margin of victory was not in But there. the difference between 97 and 98, the last year of the whatever bowl alliance and the yeah, first year of the BCS – and then the last year of the BCS in 2013 and the first year of the playoff, like those are really the changes. That no, but there were different that, tweaks in the formula. They that took the AP out. I mean, I, I get that they make some tweaks, but it was still largely the same postseason structure. Um, I just don't like – I just don't know. Um, better is good. <laughs> you can always be better, but, right. but better is good. I, 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 in, There's no, you can't, in the end, you want the better formula. You want right. the better process. Uh, do you – is there a difference in your mind – between three and one record for Alabama and two and two, or Clemson in theory taking the best two out of three in the championship game. Do you feel? You as far, I, well, I don't, think, I don't win, think we're at the end of the line here. So it's just well, it's, okay, a, it's just, a temporary. Well, we live today in this moment. So what, what does it that does it feel like? I don't. It look is at, no longer Alabama's world if Clemson has yes. played them in three championship games yes. and won two of them. Yes. I will agree with that statement. It's no longer Alabama's dominating college football. It's Alabama and Clemson are dominating college football. Do you think that's good for the game? 
Didn't we talk about this, this last time? This is why time? you're on the pod. Make the big questions. Did, did, Answer the tough did, questions. I don't think we are good barometers for this because we love it and we can sit here and dissect the matchup and what we're looking forward to. I think the barometer is not necessarily the common fan out there, not, not, not like my dad who just will watch a big college football game, the, 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 the pretty hardcore college football fan, but not like someone who does it for a living or you know has to watch or has to be in the media. So I don't think it's bad for the game. I understand both sides of the argument. Okay. I think it would be better if Clint, for, for college football – for like the ethos and for to like th- there'll be some steam left let out of the Alabama fatigue pot right like if Clemson beats them two out of three y- you can no longer just say oh my god I'm so tired of Alabama as an excuse th- I, to not like what's happening this is not a shot at Alabama at all it's not at my all my dad is a University of Gra- Alabama graduate I think it's probably better for the sport if Clemson wins tonight I will agree with that okay Long, but I think it's even better for the sport if 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 it's triple overtime or no no like next year if if, if just Penn State. Well, based on the attrition, everyone leaving Penn State—they're right, not right. gonna just you know. No, how about how about let's go really early here. How about Georgia and Florida? Well, that's the, <laughs> th- then you're opening another SEC can of worms there. I just was trying to pick Texas teams A&M that are gonna, wins. It. You know, I, I, yeah, I think A&M. just a new you know a, a new program emerges. I, I am. I don't want to see Alabama as much as I like this game Monday night. I'm looking forward to. It, I don't want to see them play again. Next I think year. if it's Trevor and Tua and they're both Heisman candidates and they're one and two and they're both fourteen and zero, we're going to be sitting here saying the same thing, which is that they are so deserving and so clearly the best that they have to play for the national title and that everyone has to be okay with it. You well, have to. You got no choice. It's not like you can't. Yes. You can't pick and choose your matchups because if you're not good enough, then you'll get beat. You know, somebody else will come along and knock you off. But right now, no one's done that, and so that they deserve to be there. Um, so okay, we've we've covered most of the matchups. Do you want to go individual players at all, outside of the quarterbacks? No, I mean there's a lot of you know, pick an MVP, do all the cliche sports talk radio stuff. No, let's pick a least valuable player, <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> Alabama <laughs> kicker. Yes, most <laughs> that, likely, no, most that's likely a, to screw it up for their team. That's an honest, actual area that where where you can go. Clemson, okay. Clemson has a legitimate advantage. And that is in special teams. They've got what the number two leading scorer in school history as their kicker. Heigl is it? Is, yeah. a walk on and a really interesting story. Yeah, and it's then, like in the stands. And then Alabama's got a guy that that you know Nick Saban would probably. Do you think Nick Saban knows his kicker's name to like throw into a bear cave? Do you know, think he knows his name? Um, I think it, I think number. it involves a lot of four letter words. <laughs> blank for blank, something like that. Yeah, and kick is not one of them. <laughs> um. I, it's always picking an MVP. It's just it's. I like I, lo- I like going off the board. It's guesswork. I like going off the board, and I like I think Irv Smith's gonna have a huge game. Yeah, that's that's not a bad. Call. I think Irv Smith's gonna have. A, he is a first round projected first round talent. We've seen Alabama tight ends in the past in this situation come I'm looking, up big. I'm looking They're, at the uh, he's depth a great chart pass here. catcher. Mitch Hyatt, some big blocks maybe. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time an offensive lineman? <laughs> that will never happen. We should do that. We we're, we're not like really qualified to great offensive lineman performances. Again, but we should come in here, but we should come in here and on the recap pod and just say he, this was the best offensive line performance offensive MVP and we just give it to a lineman. We could just grade and be like it's our own system. You the can't guy. I mean if you don't agree it's your it's, we've got our own system for grading, right? That's true. So um I think it'd be cool if a defensive player won, but it's probably not going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if a defensive, especially with the defensive line for both of these games. I mean, Quentin Williams has yeah. got a chance. Yeah, Quentin Williams got a chance. I mean, Raekwon Davis wouldn't be surprised if he had, you know, two and a half sacks and 
a forced fumble or what something. What Patrick Sertain gets a pick or two after? Uh, um, I mean, Cleveland Farrell, Christian Wilkins, Austin Bryant, those are plenty of guys. There's a lot of household names. I, I think the, the, this game probably has more household defensive names than in, in that, any that's true. national championship. I, I will say this. I would like to see, and I don't know how much run they got lately, but Xavier Thomas, I believe, um, played a bunch. He's listed as number two in the depth chart behind Austin Bryant. He's a five-star recruit. He had some really big – and then the Henry kid. I'm not sure if he's playing anymore, though. So th- there are some young – I think there will be some backups that have to come in to play a lot because I think it will be an extraordinarily physical football game. And so I think there will be some young players that are asked to play in roles that they're not accustomed to, and how they perform in those roles will be critical. I think Alabama is the better team. I was picking Alabama from the beginning. I will stick with Alabama now. I think Trevor Lawrence plays an exceptional football game against an exceptional defense, but that Alabama is just this is just a mission. Like we've this has been the best team all year long. I back to back. Yeah, I kind of want to pick Clemson, but I, you know, as as I always say, I'm try to be true to the magazine. We picked them number one in the preseason. I know a lot has changed. I, there's really no reason not to pick them. No, I, I think it's Judy, Smith, Ruggs, Waddle, Smith, Irv Smith, and Devontae Smith against yeah, the Clemson we, secondary. We need more people under 30 named Irv. <laughs> World's a better place. I mean, their, their receiving core is Henry, Irv, <laughs> and Jerry. <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> so, no, those guys, I, I think that's the one. I think that's the one area where – I don't know if Clemson has an answer. I think Clemson can protect Trevor. Trevor can make some plays with his legs. I don't want to make – He can throw the football around, but I think the one area that you cannot defend is Clemson's secondary. I, I don't want to make too much of the stat and it being an SEC versus, you know, the, the world stat, but Clemson's played two games against SEC teams. Both games they gave up over 10 yards per, per attempt. I, I don't see that as an SEC stat. Um, South Carolina, I, I see it as – the South Carolina Clemson game was weird, you know. Yeah, and and, they, but and Bentley yards to yards. They've got good receivers. The point is, they've got good cal- receivers, good caliber receivers, and a good quarterback. I don't know A and M. Who was the receiver for A and M? It was the, red tr- the 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 big guy that had that oh, monster yeah. game, and then played great in the uh, LSU. He game, He played too. like good. He played well in like two games all oh, season. Oh, Rogers, right? Rogers, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that guy was a beast. Um, all right, let me. You want a final score here prediction? Uh, I'll go thirty-one twenty-four Alabama. So kind of happy medium, not a, not a shootout necessarily. I'll go thirty four twenty seven. Alabama, they cover five and a half. Okay, Bam minus five and a half. Take the under. I believe that's under, right? Thirty four twenty seven. No, it's not. <laughs> I think that's sixty one. <laughs> I'm not sure though. Maybe that word that that person <laughs> who doesn't like you called you on that tweet is true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, real quickly here, we'll get to some coaching news. But first and foremost, can I please say that? I would like to ask you a really important question. Okay. What is more irrelevant? Spring game scores, in, in just in college football. Okay. Spring game I'd, scores or your conference's bowl record? I think spring game scores are more irrelevant. Damn it. I don't think bowl game per conference is relevant. This they, question they, they're is, both irrelevant, This right? question is – yes, uh, here, here's my answer on that. I think you can take certain things out of certain bowl games for certain teams, depending on their situation. But by and large, I'm not going to say irrelevant. On the scale of 0 to 100 in irrelevancy, with 100 being the most irrelevant, I'd say bowl games are 75. I think they matter. 
you want it, most teams try to win the game. Certain teams are in certain situations where it's not as important to them. I think everything tries to every team tries to win the game, yeah. but I think in the game of football, if you try eight percent less, you get your butt yeah. kicked. And they are the most distracted. It's the most distracted kids are ever at any point during the calendar year during their football season. They're very distracted. I'm just talking specifically about conference records. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree because, because the matchups are weird. You never know. You, yes. And, and, what's, I, and what's comical is when I put that out there, people assume I'm trying to then prop up the SEC on Twitter when, in fact, it's an anti-SEC argument. The, the, the SEC has the best bowl record almost every year. I think they've got the best bowl record this year. They've got six wins, I think, which is more than anybody else. The one year they went like nine and two or something, and the regular season wasn't that good. I, I, it's actually an anti-SEC stance to say I don't care what your conference's bowl record is because the SEC traditionally has got the best bowl record. That doesn't make them the best league. They're the best league because they have the best players and they win all the championships, but not, not because of some stupid bowl record. Just, Are we still talking about this? Uh, it's if so, it's irrelevant, it's so then why stupid. are you talking about it? It's so stupid. It's very stupid. Okay, stupid. All right. Why in the hell would a coach? And a Power 5 school with Power 5 stability, Power 5 money and resources, who was one half of Are football... Are you talking about Dana Holgerson? ...was one half of football away from playing for a Power 5 conference championship, leave, and go to a school in the American Athletic Conference. Dana Holgerson left West Virginia for Houston, and then will make $4 million. There's less pressure to win. It's easier to win in that league. It's the is there less? Of, wait, where are you saying there's less pressure to win? Houston. I don't know. They just fired a coach, you know, who won a lot of games, won a decent amount of games. I'm I think there's a they lot fired of him because they were going to get Dana Holgerson. I think there's a lot of pressure to win at Houston. They're paying him four million dollars to win. Not like it's a different kind of pressure, but I think you're there's way more pressure to win at West Virginia. I think there's a lot of pressure. There's a different kind of pressure. You have a, you have an administration that says we fire coaches when they go in for, and they do did. You, do you think they fire him if they? If Dana Holgerson yes, was already saying yes. I do. I think, okay. they, I think there was a falling out there, the bowl game performance, the Ed Oliver situation. I, this is just from – I don't know a ton about the inside of the situation, but from what I read about it, I do think that was the case. Um, to answer your question, it's a curious move, but then when you – you know, we did, haven't, when it, what, Tell it's me happened, It happened, happened. once. Someone, I, I, I'd have to think about it. Um, That's how rare it is, though. Yeah. Coaching guru Mitch Light can't come up with a name off the top of his head who's done this. West Virginia – is a good job. Great fans. It's a Big 12 outpost. He's Would done you, a good job. You, you, you have a coach with a lot of Texas ties who was immediately interested in the Texas Tech job. I think the fans like him. I don't think they love him. He went 7-6 and six last year. Everything was positioned for a huge run this year at a Big 12 championship and potential playoff. Came close. They went 8-4. and four. They went 6-3 and three in the league. He's losing one of the best quarterbacks in school history. Probably the best set of wide receivers in school history. He has a school in the state of Texas with a lot of resources for that league. Was on That's the hot seat a, a couple of years yes, ago. Yes, yes. Was on the hot seat a couple of years ago. Was pl- was being paid $4 million going back to West Virginia. My guess is he's not the easiest guy to work with. I'm sure as he's been there for seven years. What? Yes, yeah, seven years. Every year you stay at a place, there's, there's certain tensions. There's certain things that happen. So I, I think if, if you're going to leave and you're him, this is probably a good opportunity good time to leave could he have gotten here's the thing if you're him can could he have gotten a, another job in the big 12 texas tech just opened didn't get that baylor has you know matt rule could always leave but baylor's got a coach for his second year kansas kansas state both were open this year yeah didn't i don't know if he, you know he's not getting oklahoma i, I don't not, know you why know. you wouldn't move to you wouldn't leave west i think west virginia is a better job than all of those with the exception of maybe texas tech 
I, he might I, not like it there. I it's, am you know. fascinated yeah. by the mental, like the mental gymnastics that you have to go through to understand this. Here, because I, 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 it is as simple for me as the line of demarcation between Power Five and Group of Five. One of them gets forty or fifty million dollars in television revenue. The other one gets like five hundred thousand dollars. Like it's just you are a have or a have not. And I, I get the state of Texas. I get that they can pay money. I get all of that. I follow all of that. This is not a bad Power Five job. This is not like leaving Indiana for Houston. This is not like leaving. West Oregon, Virginia has competed for Oregon a national championship. State. Yeah, th- this is a great fan base with a great stadium with a winning tradition that has been good under multiple coaches. As you always say, I want to see how good a program is under multiple coaches. They were they were a, a win away from the national title in 07. They almost played. They basically played for it under Major Harris in the late 80s. Uh, this is a very good program, and it makes no sense to leave it in my mind unless there are other things at play. And I don't know what those other things are. Like you said, could be hard to work in the with. Department. Yeah, yeah, like. It, one, one, one more thing I'm, I'll say is like Houston, like you mentioned the fan base, great atmosphere, West Virginia, Houston. I was at a Houston game in Tom Herman's first year when they were ranked. It was almost packed. Great atmosphere. When things are at its peak, Houston's a fun place to watch a game, fun yep. place to coach. Yep. But if they're at 60 or 70% of peak, it's not that they, they disappear quickly. They disappear quickly. You're, you're in Houston. You're, 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 That's why I don't think the pressure you, to win is nearly you as much can, as you make it You're almost win. irrelevant when you're not playing well there, whereas West Virginia, you're the only game in town. So it's interesting. But you know what? We just mentioned he's on the hot seat a couple years ago, $4 million contract security. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, Manny Diaz to Miami. This feels like a, all right, fine. We've got, we're, we're really late in the hiring process. Let's just give it to this guy. Fired his entire his- offensive staff, which I think if I'm a Miami fan, I'm. I hate to say I'm glad that people got fired, but that was the thing about, you know, Mark. A smart Rick. move, clean slate or yeah. whatever. I, I just think it's I, I think this is, this reeks of like, well, we've got nothing else. Let's there's not really another good option. Let's just give it to him. I, was it did too they, short of a high did they, you're right. Did they call I mean literally did we Did they do their diligence on we this? We were taping a podcast on Sunday when it broke that Mark Rick retired. Like by the time I posted the podcast up like a few hours later. Right. Then a new coach. And I'm like, this guy doesn't have a long track record of being a good head coach. Frankly, his defense was good last year at Miami, if not great. But, like, he's also had some bad years, too. Mm-hmm. I just – there's not, like – the resume isn't look like somebody worthy of getting the Miami job. This is a very unique situation, the timing of it all. But Houston just hired a better coach than you did, probably, Miami. So – and I don't know what West Virginia is going to do, which is really fascinating. But I don't – I don't know. This feels like it was – it was so the reports were that it was Mario Cristobal's job to, to, to turn down and that he turned it down. Yes. Um, I, I, I give the hire a B. I don't. I don't know. I give like, it a B. I, C plus. Yeah, B minus. I'm very skeptical. You're Miami. I'm very skeptical. Exactly. That's what this. You are Miami. The comparisons between Miami and Nebraska are fascinating. They're like the complete opposite, but yet the same. Two programs. Yeah, yeah I follow you. If they if we combine them, yes, they would be the perfect program. They could beat Alabama. Maybe even Clemson. Yes. But you <laughs> no, know, Nebraska. No, exactly. Recruiting amazing, territory. Amazing yeah. fans, facility, commitment, past glory. But in the middle of nowhere, Miami, great recruiting area, not amazing fans, not amazing facilities, past glory. Put them, if, if put them together. Hey, you know what? Perfect program. They both hired one of their own. I know Manny Diaz didn't go there. In fact, he went to Florida State, but he's yeah, from Miami. Strange. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's four, they got a four state guy. And they, then, kept, they kept making it like his dream job, his Mark dream Richt job, his was, dream job. Mark Richt was a Miami grad who was the offensive coordinator at Florida State. state it's amazing when they add a lot of zeros to your <laughs> – right. you forget, forget about the old alma mater. Yep, I'm a Michigan man for as many zeros as you want me to be. Would you, go, would you go work at Florida if they paid you $4 million a year? Of course. Half a million. <laughs> what are you talking 200, about? 200000 Yes. <laughs> I, sign me up. I'll just cut film all day. Yeah. Like the old film, like the real film. We had to yeah, they don't even need it. it. They'll just take it. They'll no, throw it away. No, they'll just burn it. <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll burn it to keep the janitors warm. Yeah. Down in the basement of the swamp. Um, all right. What else? Um, I feel like there was one other. Oh, I, I've got to ask you. How long is it too long before a, a fan base should be concerned about not having an offensive coordinator at all? Are you asking for a friend? Just asking for yeah, asking for a friend. Um, I think if you just how long should it be okay, before you a, get concerned that there is not an offensive coordinator on the coaching staff? I think game week is next the, August. Is the panic when it, if they play on a Saturday, let's just say they open the season this on a any Saturday. Any team, if they don't have an offensive coordinator by the Monday before the game, because you need to install the game plan. So I think they're fine over the next eight so, months. So all this install of game planning that coaches talk about during the summer and it's spring. It's overrated. Totally not real? Not. Doesn't matter. Literally his words. Offensive coordinator. Overrated. Oh, wait. Wait. Are we talking <laughs> about a specific school? Literally from that coach's mouth. And you know what? If you watch their team conference. certain games, I can see why he said that. Do people not want to work for Jeremy Pruitt? You know what? I said – I texted a friend or I said to someone on the sideline as Baylor was – Literally going up and down the field with little resistance on Vanderbilt and getting 700 yards of offense. <laughs> and Tennessee couldn't do I a said, damn thing. I said, Vanderbilt. what does a Tennessee fan think about this? I know each game's different. Uh, but seriously. Well, that was – and, of course, that's the, the famous game that Tyson Helton was yeah. not, not really – the rumors are that Jeremy Pruitt was calling plays. The defensive coordinator. <laughs> Call that play that goes for like five I, or six yards. I, I drew the parallels to Will Muschamp's tenure at Florida. A defensive guy who was a high-profile defensive first, first coordinator. First-time head coach. So high-profile defensive coordinator at Texas and Auburn gets his first-time head coaching job. They go seven and six. Now they had a, a great second year. They went to the Sugar Bowl. Um, but, Fool's gold. But Charlie that good Charlie that Weiss, Brent Peace, Kurt, like, could not find find a, an offensive coordinator. So I, I'm just curious. It, it has the parallels. I'm not comparing Pruitt to Muschamp. So he'll, like, be a, he'll be a there are which, parallels. Which is next to that. SEC job then, if it follows that? He'll be the defensive coordinator back at Alabama, and then a head coach at. And then he'll take the Kentucky job. Yeah. <laughs> so he'll do exactly what yeah. Muschamp does. Uh, so there you go. All right. All right. Alabama. You got Alabama. Boring. <laughs> we told you in April. <laughs> yes. Boring, boring, boring. Okay. I, oh, what food are you eating during the game? It's Monday night. I don't know. It's too, you know. I, I have done this. By the way, I have picked all four of the playoff national cha championship games right. I have never missed one. We will do a podcast next week where we tell you all of the things we were wrong about. It could be a very long podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, LSU. Okay? I'm just going to yeah. apologize now to Coach O and LSU. I'm sorry. Okay. I, so, so I have not missed one yet. I picked Clemson over Alabama. I picked Ohio State. I picked Alabama. I picked Alabama. I have not missed one. I'm undefeated picking national championship games. I got Bama. And then next week we'll do a podcast where we're, we talk about all the things we're wrong. I have eaten chicken wings from the same restaurant. You Wade Boggs? All four of those games. What restaurant? Give them a little plug. Edley's Barbecue. Okay, that's a good place. Great, they, they, great smoked chicken wings. Martin's Barbecue has good wings, too. So I get, I get a I get a 12-er of wings with some white sauce. First a 12-er of beer. And some ranch and some blue cheese. Give me all the white dipping sauces. Give me some carrots and some celery. Can we get a scale for you for the next pod? <laughs> Don't need it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It'll break. It's too much. So, I, as you know, I'm busy. I got to go in a second, but I have a, I have a parenting question for you. Okay. So if I handled this, not if I, if I was right not to get mad. So 17-year-old daughter 
who's been driving for obviously over a year, let her go wherever she wants in the mid-state area. She's been wanting to go on road trips with friends. I've said no until you where, s- where does one go on road trips well, she's, in mid-state area? She's got area. friends in Clarksville and Murfreesboro and stuff like that. For those people to know, it's like a 45-minute uh, drive. Again, I'll ask. Where do where, she has where fr- do people go? She has friends road- in those places. So okay. Those are low places. <laughs> <laughs> so she was going to visit. I she, love the troops in Clarksville, okay. by the way. She was going to Memphis to visit a friend. Well, that's a little further. Yes. And she was taking two girls with her. And one of the girls lived in Murfreesboro. So she's like, I'm going to pick her up. Which is the opposite going to direction of Memphis. Right. I said, no. I said, you can drive to Memphis, but you're not going 45 minutes the opposite direction and then coming back. I said, if they want to go, they can get dropped off here. So, Okay, that's not, okay. A, that's, uh, that's not the... Uh, so, that's what happened. Her friend uh, got dropped off at our house on Saturday. That's just more convenient. Two days ago. Two days ago. And they drove to Memphis. Fine. They got there back. It was just an overnight trip. They came back the next day. So I'm checking out to see where she is. I'm finding my friends at a friend's house in Memphis. That's not important. So I'm checking find my (laughs) friends. That's not important right now. (laughs) I'm checking on the find my friends app just to see how close she is to being home. She's in Murfreesboro. She's in Murfreesboro (laughs) dropping off her friend. Was that a part of the negotiation? It was. Did you ask that explicit? Did you put it in the contract? That's that's the thing. I I, I thought it was clear when I said you can drive from Nashville Mm. to Memphis and back. All I really told her was you can't go pick up your friends in Murfreesboro. Right. So in a court of law, she probably wins. Oh, she gets off scot-free, but it's, you know. Well, so just so general, I did not get mad at her. So a general parenting question back to you then is when you feel like it's so obvious that you have, you're, it's supposed to be understood that, like, you shouldn't throw she rocks should have, at a car She should have or told me what she was doing. Right, but what do you do as a parent, though, when you're in a situation where, like, your kid's throwing rocks at cars and he should know not to throw rocks at cars, but you never told him don't throw rocks well, at cars? This is a little bit different. Like, yes. what do you... I mean, I'm just trying to... I'm, I'm just, I did the nothing. first example I, I came up with. Like, what, what, like, I said, hey, honey, how was You your should trip? have known better, and then I'm not going to get you in trouble? Yeah, well, that's a different... Okay. Um, I'm just so I did. I did nothing. These are all things I need to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, you know, she'll be out of the house soon. Not my problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, on that note, um, just give me overtime, please, on Monday night. Just give me overtime. That's all I'm rooting for. For Mitch Light, for Braden Gall, you can follow us on Twitter at AthlonMitch at Braden Gall. Rate, review, and subscribe. Podcast at AthlonSports.com is the email. We'll be back with everything we got wrong and maybe an early look at the top 25 for 2019. I'm going to have my 130 done by... There you go. Tuesday morning. Check it out. Thanks for listening, everybody.